Welcome to the Combat Casualty Care Podcast. This is Monty from the Joint Trauma System. On this edition, we're discussing the Committee on Surgical Combat Casualty Care with Colonel Stacy Shackelford of the Joint Trauma System, who is also the chairperson of the Committee on Surgical Combat Casualty Care. Welcome, Colonel Shackelford. Good morning. Thank you. So tell us about the committee. What is the mission of the Committee on Surgical Combat Casualty Care? The Committee on Surgical Combat Casualty Care is a new committee in the Joint Trauma System that uh, is modeled after the successful Committee on Tactical Combat Casualty Care. And our mission statement is that the committee promotes optimal surgical care of combat casualties and recommends changes to DOD trauma care delivery related to surgical care and resuscitation. So really focused on the surgical and resuscitation component of the continuum of care. All right, so how does this committee fit into the structure of the joint trauma system in general? So the joint trauma system has three main directorates, and this committee will fall under the trauma care delivery section of the joint trauma system. For the big picture, we also have the DOD trauma registry component of the joint trauma system and their performance improvement component. Under trauma care delivery, for many years, we've had the Committee on Tactical Combat Casualty Care. As we were discussing ways to extend the impact and organize our uh, expertise, it was identified that really we don't have the TC3 equivalent along the continuum of care. And we identified that a Committee on En Route Combat Casualty Care and a committee on surgical combat casualty care could help extend the impact of the delivery of trauma care throughout the continuum. What, what are the goals of the committee on surgical combat casualty care? Okay, so the goals of the committee is really to lead change in DOD trauma care delivery and primarily focus on the surgical and en route care components of tr- combat casualty care. Uh, we've been very involved in informing research and training and educating folks to deploy and be prepared for their deployments. Uh, We're developing clinical practice guidelines and engaging, you know, one of the things we've noticed as we insert this new committee is that there's quite a bit of activity already in this area. And one of our other goals is to engage existing working groups and reduce duplication of effort throughout the DOD as far as improving combat casualty care. Uh, We'd like to focus on strategic messaging, develop deliverable products, knowledge products that can really improve combat casualty care. Okay. So what is the makeup of the representation and the the subject matter experts of the committee? So by our charter, we have 42 voting members. And again, that was also modeled after the TC3 committee. The membership includes the trauma consultants from each service and also the general surgery consultants from each service. And then we've tried to cross-represent the spectrum of surgical care, which includes anesthesia, orthopedics, emergency medicine, neurosurgery, surgical nursing, surgical technicians, trauma training programs, uh, special operations, the military health services, strategic partnership with the American College of Surgeons, the armed services blood programs, and our uh, reservist members. So we also have several non-voting members, which includes our civilian partners and liaisons with other groups uh, throughout the DOD that also have a stake in combat casualty care. Okay. Well, you mentioned uh, deliverables of the committee. What deliverables uh, do you see for the committee in this first year and then follow-on years? So we do have several products that we've been working on, and uh, the committee is 
divided into five subcommittees and each of those subcommittees is working on a, a, a deliverable product. So the first committee is the clinical practice guideline committee. And uh, some of the main things we've been working on with CPGs is a .mil PF analysis of the clinical practice guidelines. This is to identify not just new practice guidelines needed or gaps in the practice guidelines or to develop more and more CPGs, but to also figure out with the CPGs that we have, what are the barriers to better implementing the CPGs? So the full spectrum of doctrine, organization, training, et cetera, that could be barriers or could be implemented better to improve implementation of the CPGs. The second committee is the research committee. And the first thing they're working on is a, a project to identify the top 10 research priorities in surgical combat casualty care. And that will be published uh, later this year. And the next thing will be a, a journal watch, which is a quarterly review of the top most high-impact research articles in uh, surgical care. And that will be published to all of the joint trauma system contacts. Uh, we also have the operational committee. The main thing this committee is working on is what we're calling the Red, White, and Blue Book, which is the military version of the American College of Surgeons Orange Book. This will essentially be a document to identify optimal resources for the deployed roles of care and uh, will help us to perform an assessment of deployed capabilities to allow us to determine whether they're able to meet their mission and to fully ascertain their capabilities. And we'll set essentially a standard of care for those de deployed levels of care. Uh, next, we have the Education Committee. The projects that this committee is working on include a tri-service experts consensus statement on trauma training to help us all get on the same page with that and to develop a pre-deployment joint core curriculum, which is going to be a really strong effort to develop and standardize a pre-deployment core course for surgical uh, training that can be implemented into many of our trauma training platforms and be conducted as an online course and allow even more of a flipped classroom model so that this training can be conducted online to free up some classroom time for uh, more hands-on activities. And then the final committee is the Austere Surgical Team Committee, which is really a component of operational, but has been such a strong topic of interest over the past year or two that we felt it was important to address with a separate subcommittee for now. And their main product they're working on is a clinical practice guideline for osteosurgical teams. Um, you mentioned partnering with other organizations, uh, and that will certainly be critical to this endeavor, both within DOD, other government agencies, and non-federal entities. What organizations do you see as, as some of those key partners in the way ahead? Probably our strongest partners right now is the military health, MHS PACS, which is Military Health System Partnership with the American College of Surgeons. And within the American College of Surgeons, there's the Committee on Trauma. And so those are really our two strongest entities that are working with us along with the Zero Preventable Death Campaign towards developing a military, civilian, and national trauma system. Um, but we also have our trauma training platforms where we currently conduct military, civilian trauma training. And, you know, for example, the Army Trauma Training Center, Air Force Sea Stars, and the Navy Trauma Training Center uh, and our many other civilian trauma training platforms that are going to expand even more and more over the next couple of years. 
So I guess on that note, it's who is who is the audience? So I mean, the the primary recipients of the products of this committee, who who do you see as the primaries, and then maybe even secondary audience of of who's going to use these deliverables and how they're going to move forward with them. I think our focus is and will always be the deploying surgeon and the deployed surgeons. So, uh, and not just to say surgeon only, but really the full surgical team. And so we'd really like to have a product that can be used in the training phase to prepare for deployment for these surgical team members that can be referenced and uh, used while these teams are deployed downrange that be able to support the full spectrum of surgical care and resuscitation with uh, clinical practice guidelines, knowledge products, and training that can help them prepare for and conduct their mission. Secondary benefits, I think, you know, that we've, we've certainly seen that much of the advances in trauma care have occurred in the military trauma system and have been passed on to our civilian partners. So in that regard, I think there's huge benefit for the entire nation. And, and then it, you kind of just think about the continuum of care. There's really a lot of overlap between tactical combat casualty care, en route care, and surgical care. So I think it really shouldn't be stovepiped into a surgical committee really at all, but this incorporated into the continuum of care and the overall knowledge. So much like Katsi before, the guidelines published by this committee will be kind of the core deliverable that, that much of the other work is based on. Uh, when it comes to the clinical practice guidelines or the CPGs, how, what's the change process for those? How do they uh, get changed and, and then uh, distributed? So as this committee goes forward, we'd like to, to develop a more formalized process for updating the clinical practice guidelines. Uh, currently, one of the advantages of the clinical practice guidelines is that they're quite flexible and can be updated expeditiously without a lot of uh, extra process involved so that they're quite responsive to any changes and advances in, in the knowledge or the evidence base that's, that supports the guidelines. And so we don't want to change the responsiveness of the process, but we are able to involve more of a um, voting process and a subject matter expert input to change the CPGs. And so, for instance, when a CPG, if a new CPG is developed, that will be developed by a core group of subject matter experts then circulated for comments to the full um, committee on surgical combat casualty care to be reviewed, commented on, and uh, revised. Additional subject matter experts from outside the committee can be involved as well at any time if they're identified as key members. And then once the input is reviewed and adjudicated, then that guideline would be sent out for a vote of uh, the voting members of the committee to ensure that it was uh, approved as a uh, committee product. Well, thank you, Colonel Shackelford, for uh, giving this update on the Committee on Surgical Combat Casualty Care and its way ahead with the Joint Trauma System. Appreciate this, and, and we're l really looking forward to uh, the, the future of the, the products of this committee. Very good. Thank you so much. This concludes this edition of the Combat Casualty Care Podcast. Please return for our next edition by subscribing through your podcast app or check back on the website. Remember that you can always find the latest combat casualty care information, knowledge tools, and the current guidelines at deployedmedicine.com or by downloading the Deployed Medicine app onto your mobile device. You can also follow the Joint Trauma System on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Feel free to provide feedback, ask questions, prompt discussions, or make a suggestion 
on the feedback form of the website or any of our social media sites. As always, our target is eliminating preventable combat death, which can be achieved with the right training and the right tools applied by the right people at the right time. As always, stay safe out there and continue saving lives on the battlefield, wherever that battlefield or deployed setting or street is in the world for you.